Finding Oliver. Honey Berlinson had just completed what was supposed to be her last job when I walked in the room. Her secretary Waldo stood up to blockade the doorway to her office. I didn't care where Waldo was standing. I was getting inside. Oliver had gone missing the night before. There was no note, no break of entry, just a sawed-off paw that very well could have been his. I used my index finger in my right hand to pick up a few drops of blood that circled around it. Iron. It tasted of iron. And so it had to be blood. I just wasn't sure whose. You know, I just did my last job, Jeremy, said Honey. A detective never knows their last job, I said back. Yeah, why's that? Because they're dead before they figure it out. I'm breathing and intend to keep it that way. You know the new research into the Greyhound hearts, don't you? I don't know much about those, I said. They say they can be replaced more than once. I could be here a while. If you're not worried about your heart, worry about mine. Oliver is missing. He always turns up, she said. I held up the paw in the bag and held out my bloodied fingertip. She took them both forward and examined them with her left eye closed. Yeah, this isn't Ollie's. How do you know? Before she could answer, the sound of someone hitting the floor resounded in the front of her office. I opened the door to find Waldo was on the ground with his mouth open wide. Honey reached inside the cavernous opening and pulled open a cracked cyanide capsule. My ears started ringing so I couldn't hear a thing. The smell of almond permeated through the air. I pulled my shirt over my nose to make sure I wasn't inhaling any toxic fumes. Honey flicked her hand at me. I knew what she was saying. She was saying that my shirt wouldn't do a thing. If someone wanted us dead, we'd be dead already. I mumbled, Alfie. Honey said something back. It took a while to read her lips. She repeated herself a few times until my ears cleared up. You talking to me? She asked. My memory was shot due to recent ECT treatments I'd received for my bipolar disorder. I kept having the vision of Oliver playing cards with a bunch of other dogs. They were so civil with their cigars and champagne, but as soon as I opened the door, Oliver would run out into the street barking. He was getting hit by cars over and over. None of them were stopping. His flesh was tearing. The flies were crowding. Why? Why couldn't he just stay inside? He had everything he needed there. I thought back to how happy he was during the Torbean pandemic. We had to stay inside for months so we didn't shit out our guts. Him and I had so much fun then. Work let me go and I just lived off the government. Those were the good old days. Just Oliver and I preparing for the end of the world. I would have let him eat me alive if it meant he could have just a few more days to play. My history teacher, Ms. Marianne Johnson, used to start every class by pointing to all the Fords in the parking lot. She'd proclaim that no one should drive a Ford. He was an anti-Semite, she'd scream to the heavens. Worst of all, he didn't believe in history. She attributed the quote, history is bunk to the man, even though there was no proof he said such a thing. Still, every class began the same. Is history bunk? Miss Marianne Johnson would ask. No, shouted the class. That was except for the one time she brought that dog in. Honey was snapping in my face. Apparently I passed out worse than the one time Julia choked me during sex. The truth was I needed Oliver because I was reversing the incision tomorrow morning. He was supposed to give me back my bipolar disorder as he was having such a rough time with it. 
I feared that he was in such pain that he ran away or worse, a group of people that were anti-reversal kidnapped him so I could remain free of mental illness. The truth was I wanted to remain free of mental illness. Why would I want to go back to the days where the only things that made me smile were Airbud and tits? I noticed Honey had a taxidermied greyhound sitting in the corner of her office. I'd never paid attention to it before. I wanted to ask her if it was the greyhound whose aorta she had inside her. It very well could have been. The plaque before the dog said he was born and raced in Hillbunk, Michigan. You all right? asked Honey. You look like you just wrote a novel in your noggin. Seeing Waldo like that really freaked me out. Seeing me how? asked Waldo. Honey took me to the ATM where she extracted $10,000 in Ulysses S. Grants. While we waited for the money to shoot out, a boy rolled up in his wheelchair behind us. His service dog started humping my leg. I tried to kick him off, but no matter what I did, he wouldn't let go. I felt so violated by his erection. It literally inverted my penis. I didn't know such a thing was possible. The only thing that shot it back out was the crash of a refrigerator off a truck onto the cement road. I swear the door swung open and a kid and his dog ran right out. Nothing made sense. I figured I was hallucinating, but the dog kept on humping and humping. A plane overhead soared by. The noise disturbed my previously deafened ears. It drove me a little mad. Something told me the only way to get this dog off of me was to bite its ears off, chew them up, and swallow them down. I tried bending towards him, but my rib cage would only let me bend so far. The further I bent, the faster he humped. In the distance, I spotted a red-headed woman with a newborn baby walking our way. She got in line behind the boy in the wheelchair. I wondered what parts of the boy's body were paralyzed. Was he capable of having sex or did he get off by having his ears rubbed? While I was in deep thought, the woman began lactating all over her shirt. I could see her nipples. They were rather large and got me excited until I remembered the dog was humping my leg. To make things even more confusing, a man that looked like Hitler wearing a pair of Ray-Bans got in line behind the red-headed woman. He had a German shepherd with him that was wearing a blue capsule around his collar. I thought I was going to scream when Honey tapped me on the shoulder. I looked her in the eyes and it started to rain. The rain fell so heavy that it washed away everyone on the streets besides Honey and I. All the people, all the animals, all sign of life was gone. Do you like pina coladas? Honey asked. What? I repeated. Do you like pina coladas? We could grab a couple, then go find Oliver. Do you ever wonder if we're just living the same day over and over again? I asked. We've been doing this day over and over for millions of years. Why don't I remember? I asked. After you hide Oliver in a storage locker with food and water and his favorite frisbee, you drop a sawed-off paw near your front door, you spread your blood from the bottom of your foot, you roofie yourself, you come to me, we do all this, you go all crazy, I remind you of what you've done, you check your foot, and then we get pina coladas. I threw off my shoe and tore off my sock to find a band-aid on my right foot beneath my big toe. I ripped off the band-aid to find there was a fresh bloody cut. I took the same index finger from earlier that day, wiped it against my cut, and tasted it again. Iron. It had the exact same iron taste. This was my blood. That meant it was my blood earlier. This meant Honey was telling the truth. She wasn't one to lie. But boy, maybe tomorrow I'd do something else. It was exhausting reliving everything like this. 
This last story, Finding Oliver, is kind of like a clip show. I know that clip shows and sitcoms are kind of shitty, but hopefully you didn't find this to be shitty. This was basically supposed to take every story, all 30, other 34 of them, and put them together in one so they're all in one universe together, existing as one giant thing. Because these stories, in some ways, some of them, most of them, have connection to other stories, and I just really wanted to solidify that at the end. Thank you so much for listening if you listen to these in order from 1 through 35. If you just picked 35 to listen to randomly, please pick another to listen to randomly because this one's not going to make sense without the rest of the stories. Uh, I can't make you do anything, you know. If you chose to just listen to this one on its own and you're not going to give it another shot, thank you so much for doing that. But I would appreciate it if you just give it one more try because it's going to make a lot more sense if you listen to some of the earlier ones. Check out Story 5, for example, A Dog in the Dark. Um, I just want to thank everyone again for listening to any or all. It's really greatly appreciated. And just remember that a book does exist of these. You can buy the book if you like the stories enough. It has a cool cover and uh, it's got a lot of fun things in it, which includes the stories. I mean, the stories are the fun things I'm talking about. All right. And uh, thank you. And for one last time, bye-bye. <laughs>